Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome back, everybody. It's a Tuesday edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. Glad to be with you in this early portion of the week. Coming up in the second hour, our weekly visit with Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network that you hear each and every time the Chiefs play right here on KFH. Looking forward to that conversation. Certainly a a peppier one than we had last week after the Colts game. As the Chiefs go to Tampa and handle business, that's coming up again at the top of hour number two. We'll have some giveaways throughout the show. Your calls, 869-1240. Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. What a Monday night football game last night. Um, that was definitely not uh, not what I thought was going to happen. Uh, I no. had the Rams on the money line. Um, unfortunately, that didn't pay out. Yeah, me too. Um, and I, But I, admittedly, everybody that asked me, because for some reason people do, uh, I, I said I don't have a good feel for this game. I'm going to be on the Rams side, but, man, I don't know. A- NFC West games are always a little bit screwy. Um, the Niners coming out of a performance that bad maybe should have been some indicator, but the Rams were coming off of a bad performance too. And, you know, they, they had opportunities. I, I think the score is not indicative of the game other than San Francisco's defense is really good, but the Rams were in the red zone a number of times and – you know, they convert those to touchdowns. They're in good shape. Matt Stafford doesn't look right. Um, they don't have much of a run game, like almost none. For whatever reason, Allen Robinson's not working out. It's just, it's been a strange year for the Rams. They absolutely don't look like, uh, you know, some juggernaut coming out of the NFC, which I thought they would. You know, they, they, on on paper, they got better in the offseason. The line hasn't been nearly as good without Whitworth and whatever. And who who knows what to make of the Niners because we see this kind of performance and then we remember the Broncos game. One thing that's consistent about the Niners is their defense appears to be really, really good. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's just, again, in the NFC, 
what in the world do you do? It's like the Eagles and then about 12 teams down there. That, that's what it looks like. Um, I, I'm really concerned uh, about the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, you know, after the letdown on opening night against the Bills, I thought, okay, like, that's not great as the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, but it's the Buffalo Bills, right? I mean, you know, I think everybody thought that the high-powered octane offense of Buffalo would 1,000% take down the Rams. And so that wasn't yeah, a huge surprise, I don't think, at the time. And I wasn't overly concerned then. Uh, I'm overly concerned now because the 49ers are not nearly as good as a team like the Buffalo Bills. Um, the, it's a clear downgrade in quarterback from Josh Allen to Jimmy, Car Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and the fact that, yeah, I mean, the 49ers defense is stout. They only gave up three field goals to the Rams. And that's not good. Matt Stafford, like you mentioned, does not look good right now. Something's off with him. Uh, and really outside of the special player that Cooper Cup is, that's about the only weapon they have offensively. And the 49ers, you know, they, they did a pretty good job of, I think, taking away all the other options. You know, Cup still got his 14 catches, 122 yards, but they kept him out of the end zone. And I think that the strategy defensively for San Francisco was, all right, we'll let, you know, Cup make the catches, but we're going to shut everything else down. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I'm not sure you can stop Cup making the catches yeah. at this point. Uh, seems like a futile effort. But yeah, if you take everything else away, he can't singularly beat you. And their defense made big plays. And, you know, they took advantage of some Stafford mistakes and, and took, you know, it was really like their defensive play calling was fantastic. Every time the Rams seemed to get momentum, they would they would go for an all-out blitz and bring Stafford down. And, you know, just, it was just a well-called game. The Niners looked pretty good. It was, you know, for them, it's just get back on track after that really brutal game against Denver. Um, but they did. And and it makes me, th I mean, clearly Philadelphia, who faced some fairly real adversity that, you know, they got down 14 points in a weather game on Sunday and still came back and won. We, we you know, in years past, we've done power rankings every week. We haven't done that this year, but I do think a month in now, four games because the NFL sort of works in four-game cycles, it is a good time to take stock. And I wonder when we look at the Eagles, as wide open as the NFC is behind them and uncertain, now I'm beginning to wonder where the Eagles might sit in the NFL overall, right? Because we all believe in the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, I, I think we all are fairly in on the Ravens. The Bengals are sort of coming back a little bit. The Dolphins, who knows with Tua, but they, they're going to be okay even if Tua can't go, I think. Like, is there a chance? Do you, do you feel like Philly has been the league's best team overall, Tommy? I know they have because they're unbeaten, but would you, would you be comfortable putting them one in a power ranking right now? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I feel like they're top – they've got to be top three. Um, oh, for probably, sure. Probably, I mean, I don't know, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Philly. Um, and I, I think that you can interchange those teams a little bit. The yeah. one thing the Eagles have going for them is, I mean, clearly they're the best team in the NFC. Um, and, and to your point, there aren't a lot of other teams in that conference that have raised their hands, you know, and said, hey, we're, we're you know, ready to be up there too uh, with Philadelphia. Um, there have been a couple of teams that I feel like have played 
okay in that in that division or in that conference. Um, I think the Vikings are one of them. You know, the, the Vikings, mm. uh, they had a letdown, but they're three and one. You know, they were able to take down a Saints team in London uh, over the weekend. I know Saints it took team a lot. Without it took, starting court, yeah, but it took a double starting doink, quarterback, you know. best running back, and best receiver, though. Right. I, but, I'm hey, terribly disappointed in the Vikings. A win's no, a I win. know, but I, 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 the Vikings right now, the Vikings, I, I don't know. You put them in that those three that you mentioned, and they did beat the Packers. You know, yeah. I guess they're just they're kind of right there with everybody else. I suppose I, I suppose I can get on board with that after, I don't after think the top that three because everybody's had. I mean, even the Chiefs have had that. What was that moment? Obviously, yeah. when they played the Colts. So, I mean, nobody appears to be immune from it. Philly and Buffalo have handled things the best. Buffalo has a much better loss than the Chiefs have, right, against Miami. But I I, I just like the Eagles are the team right now. They're kind of the last man standing, not just without a loss, but without a, a dud game, really. Yeah, and I think that the game on Sunday against Jacksonville, that told me a lot about this Philadelphia team. They got down early, and I thought, as I'm uh, you know watching the updates of that game, thinking – wow, Jacksonville is for real. And I think that they still are for real. Um, but I was like, man, you know, they, they're going to they're gonna take down Philly and they're going to look pretty good doing it. And, you know, to the credit of the Eagles and Nick Sirianni, uh, they were able to, you know, rally and come back and win that game, not, not by a nail biter. I mean, they won by a decisive margin after falling behind early on. Uh, and that's credit to the Eagles and their resiliency. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that in that conference, without a doubt, Philly has risen to the top. They're, they're the cream of the crop right now through four games. Uh, and then it's kind of like you mentioned, I don't disagree. It's a jumbled mess behind them. Uh, the Vikings, the Packers, even the Buccaneers, uh, the Rams. I don't even really know what to make of the NFC West. Is it the 49ers? Is it the Rams? Maybe, I mean, God, I don't know. The Seahawks even, I, you know, they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. The Cardinals have won a couple games. It's almost like nobody other than Philly is right now through the first quarter of the season stepping up to take it away. Uh, even the NFC East with the Cowboys. The Giants are, you know, are I, mean, I don't suggest the Giants are a great team, but they're they're three and one, you know. So who who knows? Outside of the Eagles, it's wide open at this point. Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, the Cowboys, who again, after week one, I thought might be picking in the top five of the draft, yeah. sit there at three and one, and they've been playing as well as anybody. Like, it's the NFC is just a big S show behind behind Philly, and I don't know. I, I, I've said this before, and I think that it's still the case, although Philly may just separate themselves. I just, I think if we have this exercise every four weeks, I think the chances of our power rankings being the same or maybe even similar are are kind of low. I mean, the Chiefs, just because they play such a brutal schedule, could move up and down, right? The Bills have the ability. And I'll say this about the Bills. They have not played well at times now in a couple of games. And it's, it, it, even against the Ravens, like they started that game, they were not playing well early, and they still found a way to beat the Ravens. So I, I think the Bills we still feel pretty comfortable with. And, by the way, the last two weeks they've had, I don't even know the number of injuries, but it's been four to five starters out in each of the last two games. So maybe the Bills are just fine. I think in the AFC it is as loaded as we thought it would be. Bills, Chiefs, if you had to, you know, I mean, I think it's, 
it's hard to put the Chiefs ahead of the Bills at this point, right? They play each other, so everything will sort itself out. But you still got to give a slight nod to the Bills, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've not... Uh... They've not shown just an absolute dud yet, and I think that you can you can look at the the Dolphins game and um, offensively it wasn't there uh, for Buffalo. I know after that game against Miami, there was so much talk about how hot it was and the players cramping up and not being prepared. Uh, you know, offensively for the extreme weather in Miami, I get that, I understand that, but still, that was you know. Miami's a, a good football team. With Tua, Miami's a good football team. Uh, and they, the, the Bills um, went into hostile territory in that game on the road with what was a huge game for the Dolphins, and the Dolphins delivered. That's a better loss than Kansas City at Indianapolis, um, oh, where no I've, watched, I've watched what the Colts have done this season, and they're not good offensively. Uh, and I'm not sure, even to this day, I'm not sure. Like, it, it blows my mind that Kansas City lost that game. And then the fact how, you know, how they bounced back on Sunday against Tampa Bay. I mean, it was like a completely different football team at every level. And so um, that's a significantly worse loss, Kansas City at Indianapolis, than Buffalo at Miami. So, yeah, I would 100% give the nod right now in the AFC if we're, if we're doing power rankings to Buffalo. I'd probably go Buffalo 1, Philly 2, Kansas City 3. I, I think I have to. I mean, I have to put Philly 1. I, I don't know how to not put Philly 1. Um, just because, I mean, they haven't had the mistake yet. So I, I'm going to give them some credit for that. And I do think, and I can't even, because I would have never seen this coming a month ago. I mean, I think if you put Philly and Buffalo on a neutral field, it's basically a pick 'em. Same with the Chiefs. You think so? I mean, the way Jalen Hurts is playing, I, I think they're there. I don't think it's just because who they played or anything else. I, I mean, that's legitimate what they've done this year. Yeah, I, I do think that Buffalo right now has more talent than Philadelphia does. Um, I think Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of debate right. there. I, I don't. I don't know anybody that's going to say Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback at this moment than Josh Allen is. Um, I think that the the receivers are fairly even, but Stephon Diggs, is, I think, is head and shoulders. He's the best, in my opinion. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Like probably top three. You know, you've got Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, and then and and then Stephon Diggs. Um, really, the only thing that concerns me a little bit about both teams that I, I I actually feel like this is where they're the most even is the running game. I don't feel and, and Miles Sanders, you know, to his credit, he was a big part in Philly rallying to beat Jacksonville. Um, you know, he had 134 yards and two touchdowns, but that's that doesn't always happen. Um, you know, that that's not that's not a typical Miles Sanders game. So I feel like Buffalo struggles a little bit in the running game. Philadelphia typically doesn't do a ton in the running game. So that's pretty even for me. If Miles Sanders can continue and, you know, do what he did in, in coming weeks, like what he did with Jacksonville, then yeah, you've got to give the nod to Philly. Yeah. I mean, it's Josh Allen's the best. Let's talk about quarterbacks for a second, by the way, Josh Allen is sort of getting this nod as the best. I, I think Mahomes has been better than Allen this year. I think Mahomes has been really, really good. Um, he's back to doing Mahomes things. The big plays haven't been there because the defenses aren't allowing it to happen. 
But where where are we in the great quarterback debate? And look, we'd be fine taking either one of them, right? But Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts is having a great year. I'm not taking Jalen Hurts with those guys. Um, Lamar Jackson's having a great year. I'm not taking him with those guys, although he's he's gotten really close. Uh, Rodgers doesn't have a ton there, but he's looking pretty good. Burrow has been a little slower, I think, than than a lot of people expected. Justin Herbert's got his injury. I mean, is it Allen and Mahomes right now? And if it is, how do you rank those two? Or does anybody else need to be in that conversation as the league's best quarterback so far? And I don't no, mean I, th- I don't mean by stats because Jalen Hurts would absolutely be there. I mean by you know reality. Like what what would you do if you're an owner? No, it's it's still it's still Allen and Mahomes. Um, you know, and, and it's probably Mahomes one and Allen two through the first four games. Um, I think so. I mean, but I, I'll give you a dark horse quarterback that is not any of the the quarterbacks that you just mentioned and someone that I would still, I don't know if I would put him in the top three right now, but I would definitely have him in the top 10, maybe the top five, like maybe number five. And that's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the, what they've done, what Doug Peterson has done in unlocking Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville through the first four games is nothing short of impressive. Um, it, from what we saw from Lawrence early on in his NFL career, you know, beleaguered by bad coaching, but we knew that he had the talent coming out of college. And I love what I've seen so far from Trevor Lawrence. And I think that, and, and Doug Peterson has had a knack for developing quarterbacks. That's what he's done throughout the course of his entire coaching career. Carson Wentz had the best years of his career no under Doug Peterson. And so if he can do the same thing with Trevor Lawrence, then I think that we can, we will easily be talking about Trevor Lawrence as a lock top five quarterback in the NFL, not just this year, but for years to come. Yeah. You know, I, um, I think that Lawrence's development is on back on track. I don't think I'd put him top five yet because he's not being asked to do enough. Would yet. you put him in the he's, top 10? Yeah, I, I would really have to. I'd really have to look at a list now. If we're talking about guys that I would want to like build around and do those things, yes, I think he's probably in that conversation. I I want to see if if the in the Jags may not want to play this way this year, but he's never thrown this. And I'm just talking about this year. He hasn't thrown more than thirty times in any game. Again, they don't want him to. He's been effective. Uh, in Game against Philadelphia, the weather was a problem. Uh, sorry, he hasn't completed 30 passes, I should say. Uh, the weather was a problem um, in Philly, so his game against Philly, I think we can probably push to the side a little bit. Um, the two games before that, though, he was he was outstanding, right? Yeah. I, I think he's getting there, and I, and I am glad that they put Peterson with him because, and I said this at the time, like the number one priority for Jacksonville when they drafted Lawrence and were looking for a coach at the same time should have been you do whatever you can to get a coach in there that's going to help Trevor Lawrence because the reality is for the future of your team, that's all that matters. Uh, they went Urban Meyer. They went flashy. Never made sense. Like literally not for one second did that hire ever make sense, and it was a disaster. But – they corrected it, and they went, and they found a quarterback whisperer, right, in Peterson, who's got ties to Andy Reid and all of the things. And, and you know, whether or not you liked the Doug Peterson hire, you liked his fit for Trevor Lawrence, and it's working out, and the returns are good. Because here's the thing, Tommy. I do not want to see an NFL where the type of quarterback prospect Trevor Lawrence was doesn't pan out. 
We need great quarterbacks. Listen, it hasn't been a good year for quarterbacks, right? Whatever it is that defenses are doing, and Collinsworth on Sunday nights keeps talking about these soft-shell coverages. Whatever this trend is, quarterback play, generally speaking, has been down this year. Would you agree with that? I mean, I think it clearly has been. Sure, without a doubt. And, you know, it, it is – when you mentioned it, I didn't hear Chris Collinsworth make this comment, but when you brought up what he said – talk about it twice now. He, yeah, he when, said – he basically said it's the number one trend he's seen across the league this year is the way defenses are playing against quarterbacks. And it's basically what Tampa did and, and exposed and what the league did to Patrick Mahomes for most of last year before he finally made the adjustment back. But it, I, I, from what I gather from smarter football brains than mine, that's sort of what the league is doing now. Yeah, as soon as you mentioned that and I started to think about it a little bit, I was like, yeah, I mean, that that makes total sense. Uh, and, you know, I, defensive coordinators are probably tired of losing their jobs by getting their, you know, defenses shredded by guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and the like. And so the adjustments uh, needed to be made, and clearly they were during the offseason. Yeah, it's been a down year overall for quarterbacks. It doesn't take away the talent level of any of these guys. No, um, it doesn't. But, now it's, but, it, but it's, that, it's that chess match, right? It's the defenses make the adjustments, and now it's back on the offense to try to figure out other ways to beat it, and that's what makes the game so fun. Yeah, and, you know, is uh, the, the reality is that the, the offense to combat that is to run the ball, but the NFL has not built itself that way now, so who's going to do that, right? Like, who's going to be that team? It's why a team like the 49ers remains very interesting, or a team like the Chiefs, if they can run it the way they ran it uh, against the Patriots, uh, Patriots, against the Buccaneers late. All right, we just, just sort of... Throwing darts at the NFL there is we're a month in kind of taking stock. And I think the overall consensus is there's not a whole lot of trends developing through four games. So that keeps things interesting for sure. 869-1240. In college football, you've got this situation where Texas and Oklahoma is this weekend. And it may be the least interesting Big 12 game on the schedule. How much better can the new 12, the new Big 12, be than the Big 12? Early returns are good. We'll talk about that next on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH. Tommy, we mentioned this yesterday. Texas-Oklahoma, Red River rivalry, shootout, all that stuff. It's happening this weekend. And quite frankly, nobody cares. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, what a, what a time to be alive, right? If you're a Big 12 school right now, and Texas and Oklahoma turn the college football world upside down, you didn't know what was going to happen. You still don't know what's going to happen, quite frankly. And all of a sudden, those guys leave. We're sitting here on this big weekend, which is almost a lock to be the biggest college football game of the weekend, Texas and Oklahoma. Yet it's the least interesting game in the Big 12. And it might be the least interesting game if you expand that out to what the new Big 12 will look like. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. UCF at 3-1 hosts SMU. 
UCF's playing pretty well. Houston's having a down year, but they go to Memphis with a big opportunity. They're four and one. Cincinnati sitting there at number twenty-four. BYU has a massive game at Notre Dame, or sorry, in Vegas against Notre Dame. And get this, Texas and Oklahoma, neither are ranked, right? But if you were, if this was the new Big Twelve next year, the Big Twelve would have teams at number seven. 16, 17, 19, 20, and 24. That would be what's in there for the new Big 12. I mean, right now, the Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma will be better on the field than it is currently. And that's nuts. Now, that's not to say that, you know, they wouldn't love to have Texas and Oklahoma back. Of course they would. But just on the field strictly, this new Big 12 looks fantastic. It does. And, you know, I think that the the loss of, of Oklahoma and Texas, yeah, you might be, and we talked about this at length, you might be losing the big brands. You might be losing, you know, the, the, the revenue uh, that having the Sooners and the Longhorns in your conference, that they provide you, the eyes, the viewership, you know, all of that. Um, the intrigue of the Red River rivalry each year, like you're losing all of that. But from a pure football standpoint right now, right this second, yeah, there's, there's, there's no way to deny the success that the current Big 12 teams outside of Oklahoma and Texas and the future Big 12 teams are having on the football field. And, and what I think is, is crazy is you look at odds right now to win the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, Texas still has pretty decent odds. You know, they're like four to one favorites to win the Big 12 championship game. But Oklahoma is 16 to one right now to win the Big 12 championship game. And I don't think that anybody would have necessarily predicted that to be the case. And I certainly don't think anybody would have predicted teams like TCU and Kansas to have better odds right now to win the Big 12 than Oklahoma. Uh, that That's it's shocking. And. I, you know, I think that that bodes well for the future of the conference that as a whole, you've got teams that are uh, at a point now where they're, they're able to get better. They're able to improve. They're better to be in the conversation, uh, you know, to, to win the conference and to get national recognition. And so, yeah, I love, you know, despite what goes on long-term with realignment and expansion and all of that, I like where the big 12 is headed right this second. Yeah, I mean, financially, it won't be in as good a shape, but that's okay. I mean, we're we're past that. That ship has sailed. We're we're, you know, we're un, we understand the realities of this thing, and I I just like basketball. We already knew the Big Twelve was going to become the best league in the country. At least I at least that's what I think. I think in basketball, when you add Houston and Cincinnati and heck even UCF's on a, a bit of a rise, BYU's had some years. I think you become the best league in the country. It already was, but, you know, it'll maintain. But when I look uh, at the football yeah. league, when I look at this football league, this new Big 12, because Baylor's basically number 26 or 7, the SEC will be unchallenged as the top league in the country. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Top to bottom, right? The SEC, we know how deep and competitive it is, and, and Texas and Oklahoma are just going to add to that depth. But after that, you can – Enter Big Ten into this conversation for sure. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State appears to be back to some degree. But in the Big Ten, that's you know that's kind of it, 
right? Like, you know, it's very top-heavy as it normally is. The Pac-12 looks very strong at the top. And and maybe the Pac-12, honestly, the Pac-12 probably has more depth than it has in a long, long time. USC, I think, is a legitimate national title contender. They survived their yearly scare in Corvallis. Utah's good. Oregon is good. Um, you know, and, and their bottom end has certainly taken a step up. By the way, UCLA UCLA's five. No, I don't know what to make of that. Um, <laughs> Chip Kelly, man, AC- that's what uh, that's where it stands. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the ACC's been okay, right? With North Carolina State and Wake Forest both being a little bit better. But I'm going to tell you, I think the Big Twelve, the New Twelve, whatever you want to call it has a claim to be the second best like if that if those were the leagues this year would have a claim to be the second best football league in the country and it's been a while since the even the big 12 the old big 12 the current big 12 has been at that level i think in football but i absolutely think the teams that will make it up if it was this year they would be at that level yeah can can you imagine uh, if the Pac-12 falls apart the way that it's being predicted that that will ha- that will happen, obviously we know UCLA and, and USC are leaving. Uh, but if the Pac-12 continues to splinter and the Big 12 is able to come in and scoop up those four corner schools, I know Arizona State is down right now. Colorado is really bad. Uh, Arizona not doing a whole lot, but Utah is a really solid football program and has been for a while. So you're adding that pedigree, and I think I think Arizona State can come back. Um, I, you know, I don't know about Colorado. That's a, that's a much bigger rebuild, um, you know, there to get back to the glory days of the nineties for the Buffaloes. But, um, ultimately, I mean, yeah, like the, the future of the big 12 looks solid with the new additions coming in. And I think ultimately from a football perspective, the, the profile will get even better if the PAC 12 falls apart, even from a football perspective, and even knowing that the four potential schools that could join the big 12, only one of them is currently successful in football that still raises the overall profile. And I look at some of these potential future matchups, like a BYU and Utah matchup in the big 12 West. That would be really cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean that, that will, they'll be at the level of the two power leagues. If yeah. those things come to fruition, I, I, I still, I think th- those are very unpredictable. We know what the new big 12 is going to look like. I mean, if they add Utah and, Colorado. I mean, I, at that point, I'd go even bigger, and I would try and get Colorado and Colorado State. Right? I would. I would do crazy things if I'm your mark, and I think he will do crazy things if it if it allows him to. I just, I, I hope that Big Twelve fans takes and and I guess Big Twelve fans probably don't care as much about Texas and Oklahoma on the field as maybe I think that they do, because on the field, Texas hasn't been what the big 12 has needed it to be in so long and Oklahoma obviously has been the banner carrier for so long, but I I think there is more stability in the league than some of those years where Oklahoma was so far ahead of everybody else. I don't think that's well, clearly it's not the case anymore, but even like big picture, like long-term stability of the program. I mean, when you talk about, arrows being pointed up is there a team in this new big 12 and i I don't know about ucf probably but outside of ucf uh, looking across all the teams in this new league is there any of is there one program out and again ucf i'm gonna i'm gonna call them an outlier because i really don't know but outside of that 
the arrow is pointed upward for every single one of these teams, right? Like, there's no team that's spiraling downward in the Big 12 at the moment, except for Texas and Oklahoma. Like, you feel great about the program's future instability for TCU and Texas Tech and even Iowa State at this point. Iowa State's much better than we thought they would be this year. West Virginia, okay. We don't feel good about the future of West Virginia. Yeah, I forgot I about say. them out there yep. on an island. I, I forgot all about them because they're not playing this week. They're not right in front of me. Uh, but, okay, so West Virginia, arrow probably pointed downward, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call uh, a hall pass on UCF, but they're 3-1, and one, but I don't know anything about what UCF's doing. I just I'll be honest about that. But everybody else is pointed upward slightly. Houston, maybe not. Houston, maybe yeah. in a bit of a downward trend. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's the, maybe Houston, you could say. It, yeah, it's the two programs that, that have ties to Dana Holderson, uh, unfortunately. It's his former school in West Virginia and its current school in, in Houston. Uh, yeah, I would say those two programs probably um, are maybe uh, – Houston is probably stagnant, maybe slightly down. West Virginia is down for sure, but they've got such a, a good culture there, um, and you know their their fan base is so passionate. I don't think Neil Brown is is going to last it, you know, in Morgantown. Um, so th- if they can get a new coach in there to turn it around, I I don't think that's a, a long term like big time overhaul rebuild. Um, I, I think it's just going to probably take a new coach and you know another year or two, and they, they can be right back where they were before. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I think I think both of those programs can get it back going really quickly um it's just i am so excited about what this league is going to look like and i'm really excited if they expand further because i'm a big 12 honk i i i will die on the big 12 hill because for so long it's the college football that has mattered to me the most and i just like most big 12 fans don't want to see that die and there was a real threat and still is a real threat of it dying of being like ultimately relevant, but man on the field, it's going to be really awesome. And it's been really awesome this yeah. year. And it's been really awesome in spite of Texas and Oklahoma. And I think it'll continue to be really awesome in spite of them. I'll also say this. I think Texas and Oklahoma will probably be in the mix. Don't you think by the time this dust all settles, don't you feel like Texas and Oklahoma are probably going to be in the mix? Sure. And, you know, we've already seen the steps from Texas. Like, I, I don't think that, Texas is a dominant team by any means, um, but uh, they're they're clearly improved uh, from where they you know the dumpster fire that they've been the last couple of years, um, and, and I think you know case in point is the way that they played Alabama a few weeks ago. Um, so I think that that will continue, and uh, you know Brent Venables is getting a lot of criticism uh, over just the first few games with Oklahoma, but it's going to take time. It's a new style of football for him, you know Lincoln or for for them. Lincoln Riley, you know, is an offensive coach and, you know, high flying and all of that. And Brent Venables brings a different kind of of football to Norman. It's going to take a little bit of time for, you know, that scheme to be instituted in the right way. So I'm not super concerned uh, about the the Brent Venables era so far through a handful of games with Oklahoma. So I I do think that they'll be back to where they were before. Um, You know, it's just going to be a matter of time and, and some patience from the fan base. And I think that they'll be fine in the SEC long term going back to the 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 expansion if it happens into the you know rating the pack 12 down the road uh can we talk about for a second this is something that i don't think is being brought up nearly enough you're a big 12 hawk so i would imagine that you can appreciate this can we talk about 
Colorado potentially rejoining the Big 12 after basically thumbing their nose at the Big 12 over a decade ago and saying, oh, we're going over to the Pac-12. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're too good for the Big 12 anymore. And there's a, a possibility that they could end up back in a brand new expanded Big 12. Uh, that's just wild to me. I mean, I would take them back. I, I'd take them back just fine. I wouldn't have any problem bringing them back. Um, it, it's It doesn't. I, I guess it doesn't hurt my feelings as much when teams leave as it does some people because most of the time they had a good reason for leaving, right? Like it was probably a financial reason, especially in the modern era. Like I don't hold ill will to Texas and Oklahoma for going to the SEC because it's the best thing to do for their universities, and it's really not even a question if you look at it realistically and if you were put in the position that they're in. It's just the reality. Now, on the field, we can make fun of them. Right, because they're probably going to go to the SEC and get their butts kicked for a while. Um, so, ha- yeah, I'm all for making fun of them and you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out, kind of an aspect. But I don't hold like ill will to them. I don't hold ill will to Colorado for leaving or Nebraska or Missouri. I wish they wouldn't have, but they probably had really good reasons to do it. Uh, you know, A and M had a great reason to leave the Big Twelve, and they absolutely. I mean, who who's sitting here now doesn't think that A and M and Missouri made the right decision? And I would love I mean, to have them back. Every in the Big time, 12. every time Missouri gets blown out in an SEC game, uh, it's it's hard to not think. Uh, did, yeah, but they're they laughing the all right the way decision? to the bank, right? Like they're laughing all the way to the bank. That puts and their every single coach in getting such a, a better position is laughing all the way to the bank too. I mean, you know, at the I, end I'm of the day, yeah, like for the schools though, I'm talking about for the schools. Yeah, you might go get your butt kicked, but your your school is in a much better position, a much more secure position, and obviously financial position. To make those moves. I don't even, you know, I'd have to open up the history books to remember why some of the earlier schools left. Missouri left to make the money. A&M left because it feels, you know, like it's got a chip on the shoulder to Texas. Now, that paid off for them big, long-term, big time uh, because of, of what's happened. But, I mean, it doesn't bother me when teams leave. I wish they wouldn't, and I and I want to, you know, make fun of them if they don't. But, but I don't, like, in reality— and I've said this before, and I don't know if you feel this way, and I, and I bet most people don't. I'm going to root for when – when Texas and Oklahoma get to the SEC, I'm going to root for them to win that league. No, come on. I, I know. I know I'm in the minority there, but what am I going to now all of a sudden start rooting for Alabama when they play Texas? There's no chance that happens. There's no chance I would root for any SEC team over it. It's just like – I. I root for A and M now when they're playing them, and I don't like A and M at all. I couldn't stand them when they were in the Big Twelve. <laughs> what I but, but what I root I for love, them every though, time they play in an SEC game. I, I, I do the I, same I, thing for Mizzou. I'll do I yeah. and I grew up not liking Oklahoma uh, like at all. But man, when they're playing Georgia or Alabama or Mississippi State, yeah, I'm gonna root for those teams. That's my backyard. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, and I, I understand your thought process in, you know, hey, you don't want to, you know, criticize teams that lead because it's in the best interest of their school. I just think it's funny that those schools, Missouri, Colorado, Nebraska, A&M, sort of left the Big 12 for dead at the time. And yeah. then all of a sudden the Big 12 is continuing to truck on and looks oh, like absolutely. they're, you know, might potentially be expanding more. And now there's a chance Colorado could come back. It's like, hey. You left us 10 years ago. Yeah, you can sure come back, but we don't forget. We don't forget what you did.
Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I guess I just, I'm able to separate reality from fandom and say, well, of course they left. Anybody in that decision-making capacity would have left. And I'm talking Texas and Oklahoma here. Because the money was too good. Like, what are you supposed to do? You've got all these programs on campus that depend on your football programs and, and, and the money that they generate. And you're like, no, I'm going to leave that on the table because we really think it's fun to go play Kansas State every year. Like, they're not going to do that. Nobody would. No, by the way, Kansas and Kansas State wouldn't either. Kansas has been trying to get out as hard as they can, if you believe some of the reports, just as we look at things neutrally. Uh, let's come back. Let's give something away here, actually, first, uh, before we before we finish out our number one. Tommy, you guys are, gosh, what, just a little more than two weeks away from the Thunder home opener, right? Yeah, actually a little bit more than three weeks away. Um, no, you're right. Two weeks. I'm getting my days completely mi- mi- mixed up here. October 22nd in Trust Bank Arena. Uh, it's the home opener against the Allen Americans. It should be a lot of fun. All right, so let's give away a four-pack to that home opener for the Thunder. Let's throw in a couple of free tea cards from HTO. Open West, 13th and Tyler, coming soon East. They should work for either location. Uh, but you'll get that prize pack right now if you're our second caller during the break we want to come back tip the cap a little bit to albert pujols before we get to dan israel at the top of the hour to preview the chiefs and to look back a little bit uh chiefs radio network so there you go caller two jad will get you taken care of and we'll be right back on sports daily call from mom answer it Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, wrapping up hour number one before we bring in Dan Israel at the top of the hour, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, Tommy, real quick, 
mention here on Major League Baseball as we're coming down the home stretch before the postseason begins later this week. Uh, Aaron Judge still chasing history. Albert Pujols makes a little history last night, becomes uh, baseball's second leading RBI guy behind Hank Aaron. Um, I, I think when we look at Albert Pujols, who's you know top five in all-time home runs, he's, he's clearly one of the all-time greats. But the more I think about it, the more I feel like his career mimics Hank Aaron's in a lot of ways because its greatness becomes, you know, partly due to his longevity and his ability to stay relevant for so long. And, you know, while some people maybe thought it was a novelty for him to be back in St. Louis, he's absolutely a part of the reason and a big part of the reason, you know, they're a World Series contender right now. Yeah, um, I've got to take off my my fandom hat a little bit. I, I'll be the first to say I don't like the Cardinals. Uh, I've never liked the Cardinals. Um, as a Braves fan, I just I can't do it. That, that being said, though, I have a ton of respect for Albert Pujols and what he's been able to do throughout the course of his career. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of times in the you know early 2000s that he broke my heart, you know, as an opposing fan. There's no doubt about it. But I, I, I equate what Albert Pujols is doing to sort of like Tiger Woods winning the Masters in 2019. Like, it's romantic. And my wife will always say, I got to give her credit, there's romance in sports. And this has been romantic to watch uh, with Albert Pujols. Hats off to him. So happy that he's been able to get back to St. Louis, the city that loves him, and he's been able to make all this happen. Well, there's romance in baseball, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I think when we look at Pujols, he's going to end up being... I don't know, top five for sure, top 10 all time. Like, yeah. he, he has been so great for so long, um, 22 years. He He's just got, you know, he's just got that longevity that's allowed him to put himself squarely in all these records. And he's right there, man, to, to challenge some real big ones. So uh, it's been fun to see he'll be a part of the postseason. You want to tell me about the Cardinals. I, I they crushed my soul in 2011, so uh, I, I'm with you there. 869-1240 is the number to call. We're going to bring in Dan Israel. We're going to talk some Chiefs. We're going to take a deep dive on the Bucks game and look ahead to the Raiders when Sports Daily returns. Hour number two coming up. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 